Chapter twenty five of Tom Playfair or Making a Start by Francis J. Thin, S. J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter twenty five A Joyous Going Forth and a Sad Journey Home. A mid November morning, cold, blustering, gloomy, the day of the great hunt. Shortly after breakfast, five little lads scampered to the gunroom and arming themselves according to the hunting traditions of st mars set out across the prairie in the direction of pawnee creek well i'm glad it's cold tom remarked as they got clear of the college premises a boy enjoys walking more in this kind of weather he doesn't feel like standing around doing nothing and i'm glad it's cloudy said harry quip because we aren't in any danger of spoiling our complexions every kind of weather is good said james yes even hot weather remarked willie brothers dear me there'd heaps of folks be drowned if it wasn't for hot weather because no one would ever learn to swim yes said harry his eyes twinkling and on the same principle i reckon there would be heaps of folks frozen to death in winter if there was no cold weather because folks wouldn't learn how to keep themselves warm suddenly james aldine stopped walking what's the matter asked tom who was immediately behind him you are tom do you think i'm going to walk in front of your gun if you hold it with a muzzle pointing where my brains are supposed to be oh what's the difference it isn't loaded that's not certain and besides i object to it on principle my father has often told me never to hunt with anyone who handles a gun carelessly here now hold it this way resting on your arm now should it go off you may bring down a cloud if your gun carries that far but you won't hurt any of us pshaw growled tom as he complied with the request i thought a fellow who knew as much about a gun as you wouldn't be afraid just the opposite the more you know about a gun the more respect you'll have for it a child if he knows how to use a gun is the equal of the strongest man it is a dreadful weapon one little load in it may carry death to the bravest james spoke earnestly his words made a deep impression on tom at this point the conversation was cut short by the appearance of a rabbit which james dispatched with a skilful shot game was plentiful that day and before noon tom succeeded in bagging his first rabbit along with a plump quail while james secured three rabbits and several birds thus wandering along the banks of the pawnee in the direction of the river they stopped shortly after midday at the skirts of the woodland which sweeps along perhaps a quarter of a mile in width on either side of the river partook of a homely but hearty repast the boy who after being on his feet half the day can sit down to a meal without appetite is not worth writing about our little party are worth writing about indeed cold beefsteak ham bread cakes and apples disappeared with wondrous rapidity my said tom i wish we'd brought more all echoed this sentiment i'll tell you what let's fix up a rabbit said harry we can build a fire easily and i'll cook the suggestion was favorably received and in a trice james was preparing the rabbit which tom had brought down harry was lighting a fire while the others collected sticks and dry leaves they had hardly put themselves to their interesting task when snow began to fall hurrah cried harry jumping to his feet and dancing about the fire we'll have a snow fort in the yard tomorrow hurrah shouted the others and all began dancing about the fire there is an inexpressible charm in the first snowfall of the year which glorifies a boy every tiny little messenger falling radiant 
white robe from the skies, seems to whisper a tale of glee to his responsive heart. Round and round the fire the lads danced. Faster and faster, while thicker and larger fell the flakes. Their dancing might have been prolonged indefinitely, had not the embers given warning that more fuel was needed. Hold on, boys, cried Tom, who had just failed in an attempt to execute a handspring. We want more wood, Jimmy. Get your rabbit ready quick. And off they danced in different directions. By the time the rabbit was cooked, the ground was hidden from view. We'll have plenty of fun going home, remarked James, as they again fell to. How's that? asked Joe. Why, we can track rabbits over the snow. Hurrah for King Winter, shouted Tom, with fresh exhilaration. I wonder when we'll have another meal as jolly as this, queried Harry. Who knows? This from James Aldine. I say, said Tom, who was too healthy a lad to indulge in conjecture, I'd rather be here eating this old rabbit, with the snow getting into my ears, than at a turkey and ice cream dinner in the most stylish house. No one seemed inclined to gainsay this statement, and a few minutes later, having done full justice to their fare, they resumed their hunt, each one peering in every direction to discover rabbit tracks. As they pushed along, Tom noticed that James, who was lightly clad, shivered occasionally. Say, Jim, aren't you cold? Here, take my coat. I'm too warm for any use. No, no, remonstrated James. I'm used to being out in the cold. But Tom whipped off his garment before James had fairly entered his protest, and with his grandest air of authority made his friend put it on. Then, clad in his sailor jacket and knickerbockers, the sturdy young Samaritan trotted on as comfortable in his light attire as though he were in the heats of midsummer. Genuine kindness is warmer than any coat. They were about two miles to the northwest of the college, two and one half from the village of St. Mar beyond, when, to their great joy, they came across the long looked for tracks. On they ran with new energy, but coming to the road, over which many vehicles must have passed, they were brought to a sudden halt. The prince had become confused with the impress of wheels and horses' hoofs. It may be observed that the road lay between the woods skirting the river and a long strip of land known as the valley which, stretching on either side of the railroad track, changed gradually into the wild, rolling prairie. Tom was for following the road, Harry for moving through the valley on toward the prairie, while James favored taking to the woods. By way of compromise, they agreed to scatter, each following his own plan. So Tom, followed by Willie and Joe, trotted along briskly some ten or fifteen minutes, when Joe, out of breath, begged him to slacken his pace. Tom paused, and suddenly, from right beneath his feet, a rabbit, which had been concealed in the brushwood, scampered forth. Bang! went his gun. The rabbit fell dead. Roared Tom, in undisguised admiration at himself. Wait one moment, boys, till I load up again. Here goes for a deadner. And he inserted his loaded shell. There's five fingers of buckshot in that, enough to kill six rabbits, standing in a row. I say, Tom, said Willie, it's getting dark. So it is, assented Tom, taking out his watch. Why, hello, it's near four o'clock. We'd better get ready to start for the college, or we'll come late for supper, and get fifty lines each from Mr. Middleton. Come on, we must find the other boys. Vigorous shouting soon brought Harry to their side. But shout as they might, James Aldine gave no sign of being within earshot. Some minutes passed. Darkness was coming on apace. Joe White began to betray signs of nervousness, and Willie Ruthers caught the feeling. Suddenly, it was an accidental circumstance, but none the less awkward. All ceased shouting, 
and the hush of the evening seemed to take grim possession of each tom was the first to break the silence well i suppose we'd better take a trot into the woods he observed isn't it gloomy and silent under these trees said joe as they picked their way among the trees isn't it though said willie i feel as though i had the nightmare as they plunged into the woods they became more and more solemn their shoutings had ceased entirely and indeed they hardly spoke above a whisper the gloom and grim silence of the white-armed trees had exercised a spell upon them suddenly they heard a sound that made their blood run cold it was a groan good god whispered tom crossing himself but that sounded like jimmy's voice come on boys softly don't step on any twigs but pick your steps i'm afraid jimmy's in danger and i have reasons you don't know of and tom as he moved forward followed tremblingly by the others held his gun at full cock another groan was heard tom's face became pale as death but his whole expression was none the less determined bending low and partially protected from view by the bushes they moved on till tom paused his face alive with horror staggered but recovered himself and raised his hand to the others in warning judge of their terror as in obedience to tom's gesture they ranged themselves behind him and gazed on the sight that had so stricken him in a pool of blood its bright red color contrasting so frightfully with the white snow lay james aldine above him a stained dagger in his hand stooped a man dark sullen villainous with the unholy light of murder in his sinister eyes he seemed to be examining the poor child's features as though to make sure that he was dead as tom gazed his expression changed from horror to determination making a slight gesture to his companions to remain quiet he drew up his gun and covered the stranger then advancing stealthily to within a few feet of the villain who was facing in the opposite direction he said in a clear ringing voice drop that knife or i fire so sudden came the shock upon the stranger that as he turned his nerveless fingers let the dagger fall to the earth while his face assumed a look of the most extreme terror raise your hands above your head at once or i fire continued tom in the same inflexible tones the gun pointed direct at the man's breast was as steady in the child's hands as though it were held by a statue the determined face of the boy utterly cowed the man up went his hands without delay now sir take that path right behind you and go straight on at a steady walk till you come to the road leading to st mars and i give you my word that if you attempt to move from the path put down your hands or turn around i will shoot you at once i know you mr hartnett at the name the man's face put on new terror and i know that this is not your first murder now turn round and walk straight on take down that gun shouted hartnett it might go off accidentally it will go off if you don't do what i tell you completely mastered the man turned and moved forward keeping tom's directions to the leather boy though his captor was hartnett perceived that he was dealing with a man as far as determination went and a very determined man at that as tom proceeded by his captive moved towards the village harry willie and joe raised james from the ground wrapped him in their coats and tenderly bore him towards the college it were vain to attempt portraying adequately the state of tom's mind as he tramped steadily on after the murderer his imagination never wandered his whole being was fused into the determination to bring that man to justice the road was lonely and deserted not a sound smote the silence the minutes passed on into the quarters 
but the steady tread of captor and captive beat equal and silent upon the yielding snow the heavy gun covered its object as though supported by muscles of steel sensation fear hope all were kept in abeyance to tom's present purpose the blinding snow dimmed not his eyes the cold stiffened not a limb whether it was a minute an hour or a day that the stern tramp lasted tom could never have told his senses concentrated to a single purpose were dead to all else till the village was reached and crowds of men came thronging around him and his prisoner then speech and his normal activities returned arrest this man he said he is a murderer strong hands were laid upon hartnett tom's gun slipped from his grasp a mist swam before his eyes my brave boy said a gentleman catching his hand you must be cold and worn out too let me put my coat about you thank you sir said tom then he staggered blood issued from his mouth and nose and he fell into the gentleman's arms senseless End of chapter 25 Recording by Maria Therese